0: Um, so, just to refresh your memory, we were talking about, last time we, we, were, last two times actually, we, we looked at the, um, the division, well, the, the, the journey of Jacob as a picture of Christ, Christ's round trip journey. Jacob comes out from his father. He comes out from the house of God, Bethel. He comes down. Into a foreign um, kind of a hostile uh, land, and he where he's being deceived and tricked and and manipulated or trying to be by Laban for all that time, and yet he comes out with an inheritance uh, a wife uh, sons um, a a flock, all of which uh, are pictures of the various views of the, the, uh, the church, obviously the bride of Christ, the sons of God, the, the flock, the sheep of the shepherd. And he gains this, this, uh, this incredible increase and, and then comes out of the land and, um, and Laban tries to follow him and tries to, uh, Tries to accuse uh, Rachel, well, he tries to accuse Jacob really of stealing something that belonged to him. And in fact, Rachel did take something that was from her, the, the land of her birth. She took the gods of her father, uh, uh, Laban, the idols. And we talked about. What that, how we, basically how we do that, that same thing. We are taken out of a land and yet we bring with us in our unrenewed mind, we bring with us these things that we, uh, these idols, these things that we worship or give ourselves to that are not part of the, the land or the life that Christ is bringing us into or that he brings us into. And yet when Laban shows up, um, God has separated Jacob and his company from Laban in such a way that God speaks to Laban and says you can't do anything to Jacob for good or for bad he's totally off limits for you. And uh and, and so Jacob shows up and he, and he, and he looks for something to accuse uh you know and and and, and yet the idols that have been robbed are, are they're hidden under the blood in that picture that we talked about last time and neither he nor Jacob uh, has any uh, awareness of, or can't find them and so there's a picture of Christ not seeing, not relating to us according to the things that we bring with us in our blindness or in the darkness of our hearts and there's a picture of Satan not being able to accuse us for the things that are under the blood which is another way of saying that are dead, dead to God um under the blood doesn't mean just forgiven it it means it means it's, it's part of what uh what is put away what is removed by the cross and so uh this i think we ended up there last time just just talking about that whole story there and how though um, Laban searched with all of his might he could not find anything that belonged to his land in that company which is very important for us to understand. That's um, that's God's view of His new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have been made new in Christ. And from Jacob's perspective, he never is aware of, and it's important that he's not. He's never even aware of what she brought. He doesn't see it. It's not part of how he knows Rachel. It's not part of how he understands his bride or relates to his bride. It's and and as, as far as he's concerned, there's there's nothing. Um, there's nothing except that which is his there in that camp, and uh, so, and then and then we didn't get to this, but then um, th- then they make this covenant, uh, Jacob and Laban, and this is kind of where the story this story kind of comes to an end. Um, and I can't remember. I think we've talked about covenants in general, probably when we talked about A- I can't remember where, where the last time it was we talked about it when we talked about Abraham and and um god and god making the establishing the covenant of circumcision um if we didn't mention it there's plenty of teachings online about covenants on our website but um just in a, in a sentence or two a covenant is a defined relationship it's the nature of a relationship it's the way two or more parties uh are going to relate to one another or not relate to one another it's just the de- the definition of of the relationship uh it's an agreement that governs in a relationship i guess you could say it that way and so when god enters into a covenant with man he's defining how the how of how he will relate and how he therefore won't relate you know and and all of the Old covenants, you know, we generally speak of just the Old Covenant, but there were several covenants in the Old Testament, all of which were, I think you can speak of them collectively, but they were all pictures of the way that God relates to us in Christ, which is the New Covenant. The New Covenant isn't just the next covenant in a long line of covenants. It's the one that all of the old relationships, all the def the defining of the old relationships was pointing to. So going way back to Noah... And the way God defined that relationship, that was a picture of the way – Well, that shows us some aspects of how God relates to us in Christ and then Abraham and then – and even this one, this one too because God – it, what happens here if you if you don't remember the story i wrote down a verse or two it says genesis, in genesis 31:51 then laban said to jacob here is this heap and here is this pillar if you remember they gathered stones jacob and laban rose up early in the morning and they gathered this giant a bunch of stones and they stacked them all up together and uh and this stack of rocks serves as a sign that Jacob will never again go back pass back across that line and that Laban cannot go and cross that line towards Jacob so there's a there's a permanent division and so in a sense you say, you can say this covenant it's, it's it's defining a relationship, but what it's actually kind of, you could say, it, it's actually defining the absence of a relationship. It's defining a boundary, a division between two peoples that have nothing to do with each other anymore. They have no uh, no common ground at all. And of course, this is a picture of Christ bringing his, his people out of the earth into himself, that they are no longer of the earth, even as he is no longer of the earth. Um, they're not... They're not, they don't have two lives. They're not partially earthly and partially spiritual. They're spiritual beings that for a time have natural vessels, but that doesn't make them earthly. They they are citizens of heaven. They are raised up and seated above. They are, uh, not mere men as Paul talks about in Corinthians. And, and, and so they, whether we realize this or not, whether, whether faith sees this in a, in a conscious, real way in our heart or not, we have come out As, as, as it says, a three day journey away from, uh, Laban. God has divided the two. If Laban tries to come near to that camp, he cannot do anything good or bad. He, He, you know, he can't, he can't, he can't affect what God has done. And then there's this covenant relationship, this pillar of stone set up as a, as a boundary mark that says more or less, here's this division. And, uh, and, and and these two things have been permanently divided, and I mean it's just it's just the whole this, this whole picture I it couldn't be more perfect really. Um, now, um, what I want to get to today, and spend most of the time on here, is the story of of Dinah, which is actually a couple chapters later. The next the next chapter, chapter and a half or something like that. I I I have well, there's the wrestling with God, and I think I mentioned before that I see that as just kind of another. Um, a picture of, it's part of Christ's journey coming in, out, out from the Father into this hostile environment where he wrestles with, with man and with God. This is what I, it says in Genesis 32. He says, your name shall no longer be, uh, called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So Christ comes down into uh, the earth. Christ comes down into man's condition, takes upon flesh and uh, through the cross, uh, wrestles in the cross. You could say he wrestles with God and with man and prevails. And I think this wrestling with Jacob here. I mean, Jacob and wrestling with an angel, wrestling with the angel of the Lord is is. is uh, I don't understand. I don't have a clear view of some of the details of it. But to me, it's all part of that same. I can kind of back up and kind of see how it fits in to this story. Although if I get too close to it, I get a little bit lost with some of the details. Um, but but it seems to me to fit in as as this that continued picture of Christ, having to having to take on all of you know deal with all of the deception and the manipulation and the whatever of of Laban and his land, and then and then take upon himself man and sin and. Bear the judgment of that and wrestle with God, so to speak, in the cross is death, burial, resurrection, drink the cup that was um, that that is Adam that is God's wrath on the Adamic man, and yet come out yet come out on the other side, uh, prevailing, and then God says, "Your name is Israel, your name is no longer Jacob, this, you, you are now a corporate people, a greater body, the church, and so he comes he comes out, I think I mentioned that in one of the other ones before there there's this uh and and then, and then from there on he goes he goes and returns to bethel returns to his father's house and so he completes the he completes that journey and i don't know how how that strikes you guys but i just i absolutely love that someone was talking this this morning in in our uh fellowship here just about that round trip journey of christ and um uh, I don't know that there's a i mean there's a lot of views of of salvation, a lot of ways that God opens our eyes to see it, but I don't know that there's a more awesome and amazing view than than that than all of these pictures and there's a number of them in scripture where where Christ is seen as coming out from his father gathering us up into himself taking us out of this realm of death and hostility and slavery and then bringing us back to the very place that he started and that's kind of what's being wrapped up here in this story there's a there's this whole issue of esau here and and uh and how he goes on his way back to the father's house he bumps into esau esau is coming after him and he thinks he's going to be hostile and uh and not receive him, or attack him, or whatever, and, and then Jacob, um, if you remember the story, he sends out, um, some presents, some, like, a cat, I think it's like some goats, and, uh, I forget, maybe some cheese, I can't remember, I, can't remember. I haven't read it in the last few weeks, but it's in, uh, I think it's in, uh, 33, and, uh, he sends out some presents to Esau, and ultimately Esau accepts and receives him and I have some thoughts about that i don't really i don't really uh feel like I have seen that super clearly it seems to me it has to do with the natural uh with natural israel Israel according to the flesh then um receiving or rejecting but in this case receiving. The, is the second Israel according to the Spirit, um, uh, and uh, so I could bring out some of the details, but honestly, I don't feel I don't I don't feel super comfortable uh, sometimes when when I haven't seen something clearly. I'd almost rather just not say much about it, uh, uh, just because um, it's more or less like uh like uh, my best my best guess or. Um what what maybe seems right, but there's a difference between what seems right to me. there's a really clear difference in my heart between the things that um kind of seem seem right to me or seem to fit, and then the things that have struck my heart in some uh some real light and the, and even the things that have struck my heart in, in some real light and I'm not saying that I see anything close to the full picture there or the bigness of it, but I feel like I can say something. That's, um, something that I won't regret saying, <laughs> something that will bear up, um, in the light, uh, something that will remain in the Lord's light, um, if I've seen something more clearly there. So, uh, so you, as I, as I say often, if you guys have some clarity on, on this, this whole Jacob, um, returning and before going to the father's house, um, meeting up with his brother, I'd love to hear those thoughts. Send me some emails or call me or whatever. That'd be great. But I don't want to um, spend a whole lot of time sharing things that haven't haven't uh, been made super clear to my heart. This next story in in in, in Genesis thirty four um, has actually kind of jumped out at me in a way that I think is really. Significant and real. And I remember the time I was just reading through this story. I'd never seen anything in this story before. It's the story of Dinah, by the way. Uh, Dinah, uh, Jacob's daughter. And, and I'm gonna read part of that story because it's not, it's not a story that most people even remember. It's something that maybe you read over, you know, once in a while and it doesn't really stick. It's not one of the famous Old Testament stories that make it to the kids' books that you read to your children and stuff. It's just – and you'll see in a minute why it doesn't make it to the kids' books. Because um, really it's about this uh, – it has a rape in it first and then, like, um, circumcision and then murder. <laughs> you know, And, uh, and yet um, – I remember reading it one time, the Lord was kinda of dealing with my heart about circumcision and the reality of, of flesh not surviving the circumcision. And this story just really uh really jumped off the page at me and I just kept looking at it and reading over it and, and then was sharing it down there in Costa Rica. So why don't we uh let me start by just reading Genesis thirty four. 20 verses or so, 25 verses. Just so that we, just so that we all have this story in our mind while I'm trying to share these things. Otherwise, the DE, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um if you don't, if you're not, if you don't even have the natural uh, story fresh in your mind, then, then, um it probably won't make a whole lot of sense, the comments I'm gonna make about it afterwards. So, uh, so Dinah, Genesis 31, 31, I'm sorry, 34.1. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. So Shechem, I like that name, Shechem, uh, spoke to his father Hamor, did I say Haman? Hamor, saying, get me this young woman as a wife. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah his daughter. Now his sons were with his livestock in the field, so Jacob held his peace until they came. Then Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it, <clears throat> and the men were grieved and very angry, because he had uh, done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter A thing which ought not to be done It's interesting here Right after the God changes Jacob's name to Israel Immediately Israel is the name of this corporate people Here you see in verse 7 But anyway, uh, verse 8 But Hamor spoke with them saying The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter Please give her to him as a wife And make marriages with us Give your daughters to us And take our daughters to yourselves So you shall dwell with us and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it, and acquire possessions for yourself in it. Then Shechem said to her father uh, and her brothers, oh, Dinah's father and Dinah's brothers, <clears throat> Let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to me, I will give. Ask me ever so much dowry and gift, and I will give according to to what you say to me, but give me the young woman as a wife. But the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamar his father and spoke deceitfully, because he had defiled Dinah their sister. And they said to him, We cannot do this thing, to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a reproach to us. But on this condition we will consent to you. If you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised, Then we will give our daughters to you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. And their words pleased Hamar and Shechem, Hamor's son. So the young man did not delay to do the thing, because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable uh, than all the household of his father. And Hamar and Shechem, his son came to the gate of the city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For indeed, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives. Let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us, to be one people, if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. And then he says in verse 23, Will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of his city, uh I'm sorry, out, out of the gate yeah, of his city, heeded Hamar and Shechem his son. Every male was circumcised. All who went out of the gate of his city. Um now, it came to pass on the third day, verse 25 now, it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. Uh, and then it says, and they killed Hamar and Shechem. And I'll stop with this verse. Um, they killed Hamar and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. All right, that was kind of long, but if we don't, again, if we don't know the story, then, then, then my comments aren't going to make a whole lot of sense. We talked about circumcision when we were talking about Abraham and Isaac and, and how it's a picture of the cross. It's always been a picture of the cross, and, and particularly, it's always been a picture of how the cross removes flesh through spilling of blood in order to enter into a relationship with God, in order to enter into the covenant. And in the old covenant, the, uh, the removal of flesh was just the removal of uh, the foreskin of the flesh, a small piece of the flesh, which represented the removal of a much greater flesh, a much more real flesh which is the entire body of flesh the natural man the Adamic man so the old covenant kind of removed a piece of this external literal like natural flesh the new covenant to enter into that covenant there's the removal of flesh the nature flesh the man flesh the body of sin in order to have this relationship with the Lord and I'm not just you know I'm not just making that up that's stated perfectly by Paul in Colossians 2.11. Uh, I like it better in the New American Standard here. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So, the way that we got into him, because it says, in him you were also circumcised, the way that we got into him Was by having something removed from us, something cut off from us. It was a circumcision, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't a circumcision of flesh. It was the removal. The only way into him, okay, the only way into him is that there was the removal of something that had no right to be in him. Something that had no ability to mix with him. And that is the circumcision of the entire uh, body of flesh from our soul. The soul is saved, but the thing that that soul has known as its life, as its perspective, as its nature, is cut off at the door. And that's, uh, that's what circumcision was always talking about. Okay? Paul, Talks about this in a number of places, um, and and you can see one that comes to my mind right now is is Ephesians chapter two. You can see where Paul is talking about the hostility that exists between man and God, the hostility that exists between Jew and Gentile, and then he talks about the cross as removing the hostility between Jew and Gentile and between God and man by simply removing the man. In whom the hostility exists. So he says, look, God is, Christ himself is our peace and here's how he became our peace. He took Jew and Gentile into his own body and put them both to death in his flesh. And then raised up as the life of one new man. That's neither Jew nor Gentile, but, uh, Christ all and, and in all. And so the division between Jew and Gentile were divisions in the natural man. And the division between God and man was was the natural man being contrary in nature to God, and so by eliminating the entire body of man, you take away the the enmity, you take away the hostility, and then in Christ, then there is peace. What is peace? It's not a feeling. It's 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 a perfect. Relationship, it's an unhindered relationship where everything is aligned and congruent in nature and purpose and mind. And, 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 that's how it is in Christ. And the only way it's that way, the only reason it's that, that way in Christ is because the man, the man who could never experience such a unity. The man of hostility, the man in whom is all the enmity is left out of the relationship. He doesn't survive the circumcision. That man doesn't exist on the other side of the circumcision. He's cut off. Okay, so in a few words, if I were to define the, the, what circumcision represents, I would say that circumcision represents the judgment of the flesh the judgment removal of the flesh or removal of useless uh, flesh or, or hostile flesh through the cross and this judgment always comes to us as two things or how would i say it better than that there's always two sides of the cross and 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 and, and well let me say what they are first it, it it's the rejection of one man the body of sin the Adamic man the natural man and it is also the soul's entrance into new life an entrance into covenant now usually when we um, when we read stories in the Old Testament most of the time the stories of the Old Testament when we look at circumcision the focus is on what they're entering into it doesn't really get into much. This this story we just read does, but but um, when God makes the covenant of circumcision and 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 as a way of Abraham entering into the covenant with Him, there's not much. The focus is on him entering into that covenant. Okay, the focus is on him uh, on what 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 circumcision is making available, or or later when Joshua brings Israel into the promised land. There's a circumcision right there, but the focus there, too, is the circumcision is the way in to experience this land, which represents Christ, right? But there's always this other side, too. The other side to circumcision, the other side to entering into what is Christ, is the fact that everything of the flesh is totally eliminated is totally removed it cannot possess one thing in that land and so it's cut off at the door which is what you see in Gilgal when the, when the Israel Israel enters into the land flesh will not possess one thing in this land so cut it off right now and that's really what the river jordan was it was just the it's it's it's, it's the flint knife uh, applying the death of the lamb to this this um, generation who had just crossed over the river. So, in our experience, circumcision is a partic- it means for us a participation in the life of Christ, an experience of the life of Christ, and on the other hand, it's, this, it's a terrible uh, destruction and rejection of the flesh. And what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to highlight to you so that we can, I think, understand a little bit of what the story is pointing to us, is that flesh does not survive the circumcision. It will not remain after the circumcision and be able to mix with spirit. Flesh will not... You can't circumcise flesh and then whatever's left over mix it with spirit. There's nothing left after circumcision. There's nothing of flesh that survives. After circumcision, it is Christ all and in all. Okay, And so what happened in this story is that a people... In the flesh, a people who were nothing but flesh, a people that had nothing to do with Israel, my son, a people that were a foreign seed, a foreign kind. They tried to join themselves to the seed of God. It was a group of men. It was a, it was a, it was a people that wanted to unite themselves to those who had been circumcised, to a, to a people who had become Jacob's increase, right? They, They, they wanted to, to, um, and become one with this people, and more than that, they wanted flesh wanted to be able to take what belonged to Israel and bring it into their camp and use it for themselves that 's what they wanted they wanted to share their stuff, they wanted to share israel 's stuff, mix it all together, and make this hodgepodge of Israel and shechem's people. And that's why in Genesis thirty four, twenty three it says, Will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them and be circumcised. Right? So it sounds like a good idea. They're saying, Look, we just have to get the circumcision thing done, and then we can just mix together our fleshy people with their spiritual people. We all have a big uh, we'll come into one. And 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 and, and yet it's impossible. The flesh, see the, and, and this is, this is why, this is why religion exists in the world and why it's so popular and, and why the truth of the cross is so unpopular because religion thinks, religion is, well, it has man as its source and therefore it, it wants to always mix the things of God with the man that they don't mix with. It always wants to, it always wants to grab hold of these spiritual words and spiritual promises and spiritual blessings and 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 and, and it thinks that somehow it can grab those and and unite those to a fleshy man who has been judged by the cross and put off from god and one in one way or another religion is always an attempt to do this to apply the promises of God to that which is not the seed of God, to 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 grab the blessings of God, and and apply it to the sons of flesh instead of the sons of spirit, and it, you just can't do it. I mean, you can you can fill a church preaching it, but you it, won't, it doesn't amount to anything. You can't grab those spiritual blessings that are in the heavens in Christ, or the promises that are yes and amen in Christ. And apply them to a man who has no ability to make it beyond circumcision. It just doesn't ever work. I mean, it, it's impossible. And and that, my friends, is that's what this story is about. Um, it. it And and that's why I think it, it jumped off the page at me one time when I was reading it because I said, you know, that's what we do. That's what we try to live our lives in the flesh. We 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 don't really have any interest in losing. We don't maybe call it flesh, but but that's what it is. We want to live our lives in the flesh, and yet we want to somehow obtain, get, bring down, use. The things of God for ourselves we want some kind of a unholy union between the Spirit of God and the man that God rejects the man that the cross rejects, judges, and puts away from God, and yet they they do not mix they cannot mix we we i mean there's so many ways we do this, and i hope I hope you guys understand um Without me connecting all the dots, the, the, the multitude of ways that we try that man, that religion exists in order to somehow use God for man's benefit. You know, let's unite with God. It'll be beneficial for us. Let's be Christians. Why? I mean, this is how we sell most people in the church, in my opinion, uh, to, to, you know, how we sell Christianity to people. Why should I be a Christian? It'll be beneficial for you. In what way? Well, it depends what church you go to. Some say this, some say that. Some say there's, you know, physical healing. Some say there's financial provision. Some say there's just a coach and a guide for all of your life's decisions. Some say you'll be spiritually wise, spiritually anointed, spiritually useful. You know, whatever it is, um, le- you know, let's, let's unite with God. It'll be beneficial for us. And, and and although there is benefit, certainly is benefit to uniting with God, but it's not for that man. It's not for the flesh. There is a great divide, a great division between flesh and spirit. There's a division between God's Israel, which is, in his mind, it's a spiritual thing. The church is a spiritual people. It's the ones called out of the earth earth, that are not worldly. They are not earthly. Even as I am not earthly, Jesus says. I am not earthly. I am not uh, earthly. And, And the only way for our soul to experience the blessing of being part of God's people... To experience God's blessing, to experience God's promises, is to pass through this great divide and experience the circumcision of that man who doesn't survive circumcision. I know I'm kind of repeating myself and I just want I'm just trying to make this story um, come alive a little bit in your hearts the way the way it, it has to me. That's what's going on here. This people thinks that they can survive circumcision. they think that they'll be alive after those three days they you know the three days that always represent the cross and every story, the three days that are always the work of the cross they this people have plans in the flesh, they have goals in the flesh for Israel they have plans for it they and and they and they're assuming like we all do that after the circumcision that brings us into Christ, the flesh is still going to be there to mix with the spirit, and it's not. They didn't understand that the new creation is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free nor female or male, but Christ all in all. They didn't understand that this is a new life. It's the newness of life, and the newness is Christ himself living in you. They thought there'd be some great spiritual possession after circumcision for the natural man, and they were totally wrong because circumcision to them was a knife that cut them all down. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I just, I, that's just such a strong story for me. Three days and all flesh was removed by the sword. Three days and circumcision had been applied to everything fleshly among that people. And 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 all the flesh disappeared. Circumcision of the cross. Everything that God has given you is on, to borrow some language from Tias and Sparks, is on spiritual ground. To experience that which is of God, you cannot bring him and his spiritual things, which are just aspects or facets of Christ, you cannot bring him or his spiritual things onto natural ground. And you cannot drag flesh onto spiritual ground. The only way to experience that which is of God is for us to enter into spiritual ground into his land Leaving all flesh behind. The two never mix. The only place I talked about this, I talked about this a little bit this morning in the Eternal Purpose class, but there's only one place, and it's a fictitious place, where, where Egypt and the Promised Land mix together, where christ and adam mixed together where darkness and light mixed together the only place where where there's actually a mixture between these two things are in the are in the imaginations of shechem and Hamar or hamor or whatever his name was in the natural mind in the blindness and darkness of the natural mind that's in the plans and the schemes of the natural mind let's let's join with them and possess what's theirs That idea, that mixture only exists there. And again, a perfect example of that, a perfect picture is Israel. The very first thing that happens, the first lesson, which they learned coming into the land, a lesson which most of us kind of tried to skip, is that flesh possesses nothing. Flesh has no inheritance in that land. Flesh cannot defeat a single enemy in that land. Flesh has nothing there. And so the only way that we ever experience the inheritance of Israel the inheritance of of God's people is losing what we have called life and allowing circumcision to take everything. I'm going to say something that 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 I say I probably said I don't think I've said it in this class maybe I have but I say it frequently and and it seems to just be one of those things that gets sweeter and sweeter in my mouth as I say it and more and more precious although it would have totally offended me a number of years ago when I didn't understand the cross and it's just this God gives you nothing as yours He gives you nothing as yours but He lets you participate in all that is His He gives you nothing to you as yours but he lets you and you, but here's your possession here's your great possession he opens himself up wide and offers everything that he is everything that he has but it's still him and it's still his and it's still all that he has he doesn't ever put spiritual life into the hands of a fleshy soul but he does open up the door of spiritual life and invite your soul in to lay hold of everything that he is. Do you see the difference? And the reason that that's that way is because Adam does not survive the circumcision. Adam does not live after the cross. Adam has great plans for God. Adam has great ideas about what salvation is and what it's for and how he'll benefit. But all of these, uh, none of these ideas survive so many ways, we think that Christ, we think that Christianity, we think that spirituality, religion, is going to be beneficial for the natural man. And and in so many ways, we've tried to preach a gospel and sell a gospel that has Christ being beneficial for the natural man, and yet nothing survives the circumcision. So I'm going to stop with that.